three, two, one. Jackson Davis all the way. Wow, Jackson Davis. Jackson Davis throws it down. Durham rises. Watford for the win. and welcome in to the Candy Stripe Podcast. My name is Max, and as always, I have with me Mr. Tyler. What's up, man? What's up, Max? How you doing? Sad. How about yeah. you? Same page. A lot, a lot of pain. Disappointed, hopeless, sad. What else? Defeated. That's a good one, because we were defeated. 74-63. Rutgers beat us. That was terrible. I, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't. I don't have much to say about. I was. I was just gonna say. I think that's a fitting way to kick off the podcast with a few moments of silence because, and us just not having anything to say because that's how I was probably, like, ten minutes into the game on. Was just yeah. like speechless. And there were a few times during the game when I like called you because I needed to talk to somebody. You needed about, to like rant, get it out. I needed to make sure that I wasn't going crazy. And that I wasn't seeing the same thing as Yeah, Alex. that I was seeing the same thing <laughs> and that my anger was validated. I oh. think the best thing of the game came in garbage time when we saw Geronimo able to hit two straight threes. I think that's the highlight of the game. Uh, I, all right, full disclosure, had totally checked out by then. I was done with this team by that point. So I did not, I don't remember that. But let's pretend I do remember that. That's awesome. He was, after Christian Landry, he was our highest rated recruit from last, um, last, last year. And I think, be on the lookout for those Geronimo threes raining down. Yeah, and I mean he brings he brings size. You know? He's a what is he? Is he he's a forward, right? Yeah, we, we play small with him. We'll probably go him at the four and then trace at the five usually. Yeah. Um but I mean he is I've liked what I've seen from him. In the in the in the minutes that he's gotten, I mean I don't know what he's up to right now, but he's 6'6", 195. That was at least in his recruiting profile. Um, but, I mean, at times when he comes in, it just seems like he's able to body guys up a lot better. Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right. Ready for this? Uh, on uh, IU Hoosiers Game Day Central men's basketball page, 220. 220. Okay. Talk about, uh, talk about weight gain. Yeah, in the weight room. Yeah, good for him. Um, but I don't know. He just seems like a solid guy. So and he was, I think he was top one hundred in recruiting. Um. Yeah, and for the way. listeners, uh, wondering why we're talking about Jordan Geronimo in the first five minutes, there wasn't much good to talk about in this game. <laughs> so we we had to throw some. Good in there. At the it's beginning. funny you say that because I was just thinking in my head. Wait, why are we talking about Jordan Geronimo? 
Oh, there was nothing else positive to talk about. From we didn't this have much to talk about. Good. And right. I want to feel happy and talking about something positive, even if it's dreaming, is better than talking about what happened in this Rutgers game. But I guess we have to. We do. Since that's what we, I guess, do on this podcast is talk about sad things. Um, so yeah, leading on the Hoosier side, um, I'm sure if you watch the game, you all noticed Al Durham came out hot. Uh, in 31 minutes, he had 20 points, four assists, two rebounds. Although, in the, we'll, And we'll talk about that more, how they kind of got away from him. But in the second half, he kind of went missing a little bit for stretches there, for sure. Uh, Trace, uh, once again, not surprising, leading in points and rebounds. 32 minutes, 21 points, 11 rebounds, one assist. Um, so not as big as not as big as last time, like in the in the Michigan State game, and certainly the other big score from that Michigan State game, who we did not see. Actually, the the let's see. So Trace was leading in scoring this game, and then and last game, and then following up following uh, Trace up in the Michigan State game was Race and Al, or Race and Armand. Uh-huh. And this game, those two combined had two points. So we said, we said, if IU wants to win this game, they're going to have to get contributions from guys other than those three as well. We didn't mean that they had to, those guys had to stop scoring. We meant more in addition to Race and Armand, mm-hmm. not two points from Race and Armand. Armand did get hurt. We didn't see him in the second. He, oh, yeah. I, I'm in no way blaming it on him. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, oh, man. <sighs> Dude, I'm just at a loss for words. It's going to be hard to get through this podcast. It is. A lot, of, a lot of bad things to talk about. And, hey, maybe there's a another chance on the horizon. Oh, it's against number three, Michigan. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So, I guess let's just go through the game. They started off great. Mm-hmm. I thought they start well. Check that they started off with two turnovers, True. and then they looked great. Trace had a lot of. I wrote down actually. I marked it down around the uh, eighteen forty-five left in the first half. I just wrote Trace. This is this play is a great example of him not driving first time. Kick to Al, then Al right back to him. Um, and I'm remembering it now. He got the ball in the post, in the block, and then he passed it back out to Al once he saw something wasn't there. And then he cut to the basket. Al fed him perfectly in stride, dunked to start off the game for them. And that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, and then we had Al really, really going off for a while. Um, what were your some of some of your uh, first half takes? And then kind of where did you where did you see the Hoosiers go off the rails? Yeah, so as you mentioned, we had those two early turnovers from Rob, and I think all IU fans were holding their breaths at that time, hoping that this wasn't going to be another loss in the loss column. But then we start off the game on a 15-4 to run. Great to see. We played with great tempo, able to get in transition a little bit. Um, we saw Trace do what Trace does, being aggressive early, looking for a shot. And we saw, uh, I think it was either after the Ohio State game or Minnesota game, he was coming off 
a couple of games where he didn't make shots in the first 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's good to see him settle down these last few games. He's been for sure our guy the whole season. As you said, he had 21 and 11. And then Al, um, realizing, I think he realized the senior season was coming to an end. And if IU wanted to win, he has to um, start hitting shots. And he did. He was great for us. He had 20, 20 points. He was 5 for 7 from 3, 14 in the first half. And you saw that heat check um, off the glass <laughs> when the shot clock was going down. And I think you just saw our defensive intensity kind of let down. And then once they yeah. started to hit shots, um, you saw us kind of get tight. And that's what IU kind of does. When we lose our momentum on offense, we start to get tight. I think guys start to feel the need to not make mistakes and not play as freely. And that's when you see a couple of our bad misses. And then yeah, if we're not going on offense and we're not hanging our head on our defense of energy and intensity, then that's what happens. We get blown out and they go on the, these long runs and IU really never recovered. Yeah. All right. So I got a question for you. Kind of a chicken in the egg type thing here. Which do you think comes first? Do we break apart on defense first and then our offense suffers? Or... Does our offense suffer, and then we start trying to compensate on defense, and we miss some of our rotations and assignments and stuff like that? It's a good question. I think, I think our defense goes away. I mean, we started really hot. They were zero for seven from three. Yeah, that and then they went seven from eight from three down the half. Ron Harper Junior. Yeah. And you had written this down, and I took note of it too, for sure. Ron Harper Jr. You wrote was one for twenty-seven in last in last like seven games from three pointers or something like that. And then he goes four for seven. He goes four for seven. And you saw in the Michigan State game, their season was about to fall off the cliff. They were terrible. End up getting, boy, have they turned it around? End up getting right against Indiana. They go on to beat Illinois and then beat Ohio State last night. And then Rutgers, Ron Harper, decided to get right against Indiana after being ice cold from three. So I think it's our defensive intensity because once we see them start to hit shots, I think that's when we start to get tight and stop to play with that or stop to playing with like that uh, pace and tempo that we start sure. games with now. Yeah. So I, I would say it's our defense. What do you think? I, I was going to say the same thing. I think our defense – I feel like we we start the game off in a rhythm and we're kind of and we're able to kind of ease into our offensive schemes when we're not worried about keeping pace with the other team. I think that's part of our issue is once it seems like the other team's coming back like we get nervous and we feel like we need to keep pace or something and then we kind of start that's when we force things. Mm-hmm. And especially when we're playing down, when the other team gets a lead, I I felt this way even in the like the Iowa games. I felt I was surprised we came back because it felt like there were we would just go stretches where we could not buy a bucket, and those yeah. are the times when like Trace would come up huge and go to work down in the post or something and get some points up on the board and just kind of get us to relax a little bit but i agree i think once Rutgers started getting those shots to drop that's when we were like oh no we need to keep pace we need to get our shots to drop on the other end 
and then it doesn't happen. They come back. Then we find ourselves in a hole that we just don't dig out of. Yeah, you mentioned that Iowa game. And going back early in the year, we were really great on defense. Yeah. We hang our hat on our defensive um, play and energy. And it just seems like down the stretch these last couple games, especially against Michigan State and Rutgers, that's not there right now at all. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to look up some of their uh, statistics in terms of defense. Because, I mean, we had zero blocks in this game, which is something that usually does not happen. Yeah, record center, Miles Johnson had seven blocks alone. Yeah. So. so it was 10 blocks on their side to zero on our side. We did have seven steals. Um, we actually led them in the rebounding game, but um, they had seven more assists than us, two more steals, and then we were even on turnovers. How many turnovers do we have? We had 13. So what was that? What was that? Um, there was a statistic that I wanted to talk about. I believe it was four for five. Yeah, double-digit turnovers in the last four or five games. And I wrote, looks like it's going to happen. I wrote that in the first half, I'm pretty sure. You can predict on there. Um, because, I mean... I mean, maybe it was a good prediction, but I also think it was an easy prediction because we were at like seven or eight pretty early on. And, and then like, unforced. like, yeah, yeah. And I think we saw in a few cases, some of the same things we saw in the Michigan state game that we talked about, like forcing the ball into places it didn't need to be. And then getting, getting a steal or something and then being sloppy with it coming down. There were a few moments when another thing that we talked about last podcast was Jerome Hunter getting more time. There were a few moments when he did struggle a bit, but I did also take notes of two big rebounds that Jerome had early coming in. He had a great mid-range jumper. And then uh, I wrote that he, I thought for a while there, he held his own on the defensive end. He was playing physical, working, and heading for the ball. And I thought that was um, a good change for this team, at least in the first half when we were dominating, because mm -hmm. we were actively looking for the ball, and whoever was on ball defending was hounding the ball, and then whoever was off ball was following their man. Mm -hmm. so and then there was a little bit later i wrote jerome comes in and boom takes a charge give that man more minutes um and then i think he had some sloppy plays in the second half but who didn't so true i don't know what what did you think about that and then i also had a question about rebounding but first what did you think about uh jerome i thought jerome was good he had a couple if he shots there, I think he hit one off the side of the backboard at one time. But I kind of like oh, his yeah. like I was uh, alluding to in last um our last podcast. I just like the swagger he brings to our team. We don't have a lot of that. Nothing is really contagious on our team. No. Like I was I was watching the Ohio State Michigan State game yesterday, and the benches, the coaches, the players all through the whole forty minutes into the game, the energy was high. It felt like a March Madness game, and with IU games of late. Even when we're on these runs early in the game where we get off to 15, 13-point leads, 
our bench is even that hyped. And yeah. I and I saw in the Ohio State game when we played them or the Michigan State game, their bench was going crazy uh, when they started to get the lead, and nothing's really contagious on our team with energy, so I do like the addition of Jerome at times, and I think we may even see him get the start um, against Michigan due to the Armand injury. Yeah. But I do like when he's in. I feel more confident when he's in other than, like, Galloway or some of our freshmen. And that's a good point about the bench because I feel like I haven't realized that and the reason I haven't realized that is because there's nothing to realize there because they're not doing anything. Mm-mm. Like, I feel like our team kind of as a whole lacks that intensity. Yeah, nothing, nothing's really contagious. Like, if Al is hot and he's playing good, it's just going to stay down. His energy is going to be good. If Trace has good energy and he's playing good on the offensive end, it's just going to stay with him. Nothing's really contagious with our team where it spreads and everyone feels good about their play. I don't think I've ever seen, at least these, this season, an IU player, like, slap the floor on defense. You know? like make them... we don't want to play defense. <laughs> yeah. We could care less about it. Like, I, I just feel like we don't see a team, uh, player on the team getting other guys going. No. I don't know. But my, my question You're that right. had to do with rebounding was, did you notice anything last podcast I brought up that point about it feels like sometimes when we gave up offensive rebounds, it was because we were kind of scrambling a bit mm-hmm. on the rebounds and not not boxing out our individual man. Did you see that? Did you not see that this time around? The only thing I saw early was um, for our offensive rebounding with Trace. He was able to like get past this guy that was boxing him out a couple times and get a loose ball. I think he had like three offensive rebounds early that gave us extra possessions. Yeah, so that was, was the good on only the thing I really saw on our rebounding. What, what did you see? I mean, the one time I wrote down about Jerome, and there were definitely a few times where Trace had this happen. They would, they were sp- specifically getting their man out of the way so that they could reach out and get the ball. Does that make sense? So it just mm-hmm. felt like they were being more physical with their man, which was opening opening it up for either that player or another player to grab the rebound. Gotcha. But that that definitely wasn't as big of a story this time. I mean, we we did lead the rebounds, um, and we had five more offensive rebounds than they did. So, and boy, Rutgers is <laughs> bad at getting to the line which is probably, I mean, they only had six free throws that last game. Oh, wow. We had 18. We missed seven of them. Nothing so what, new. What were we, like 60 and 70%? 61. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the title for this, this episode should be something about loss for words. <laughs> Deja vu. Yeah. We've been here before. I mean, the Michigan State game started off great. Got off to that good run for about yeah. 12 minutes of the game. Michigan State came back. They never looked back. We start off the game great against Rutgers. Went on a tear. And then we go cold on the offensive end. We get no help. Yeah. And Oh, I definitely texted you about this during the game. I was like, oh, is this how you felt during the Michigan State game? Because this yep. is a terrible feeling. And I hate this. 
It's not good. Another thing I think we should talk about and touch on for sure is it was another zero-point game from Rob. He had 23 minutes, zero points, two rebounds, one assist. He's been having a tough year, man. Yeah, I put this on my notes. Besides Al, our guards, I'm not including Leo because he didn't get much tick. Rob Armand, who got hurt, obviously, and Lander went 0 from 13 from the field with seven turnovers. On the flip side, you got Rutgers guards with Geo Baker and Young. They go for 30 points and 17 assists combined. I mean, we, we're just not getting any production out of our guard play. And we can either mention this now about Lander. Um, we both, all right, I know IU fans, we can bash him all day long say that he doesn't deserve to be a five-star and he's looking awful. But these last few games, you can see after the shot that he misses, especially after the two easy missed layups in the yeah. air ball three against um, Michigan State, I think he's going to get it going. Soon. I think so too. He's fighting out there. I, I, th- I think it's going to click mentally for him. Obviously, he's all mental right now. The two You can't miss two easy layups at the rim. That's nothing but just lack of focus. But you see Rob struggling again, another zero-point game. I don't know yeah. if – I think it's too late for for him to figure it out now, and I think Lander is going to get more opportunities. And I'd love to see him just be more aggressive when he gets in. Just play carefree. Just have no conscience. Yeah. Who cares if you make mistakes? Like, just go out there and play. Like, I think he's better when he's going downhill and making plays for other people. Yeah. I mean, that that burst of speed, that is something we have not seen this year. Mm-hmm. He got to the basket quick. Yeah. And they're, at least from what I can think of, we don't have a guy on that team who can get to the basket that quick. I mean, he was fast. He just... And we saw... You gotta have those layups. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You gotta finish those. One of those was a goaltend. That was a bad call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, The Rutgers player grabbed the net, and that's basket interference. But, uh, um, I mean, he does have to have those. And then... I mean, I think we saw flashes of why he was a five-star and why he was so good in high school as a point guard was his change of direction. Even on those two plays, again, it may sound like we're grasping for straws here. It's kind of what we have to do when I use playing the way they are these past two games. But also, like, you got to take out the little things, and this is certainly something that could be huge for IU moving forward to have a point guard like this. And I think this kind of points to a little bit of why national media personalities and Big Ten media personalities are still talking so highly of Lander, even though he struggled this year. Yeah, just just about seeing the big picture right now. Yeah, there's absolutely. not a whole lot of positives for him this year. But I think if we can just see him play kind of carefree, like no conscience in these last three games. I think that'll give him great um, momentum going into the tournament and even next season. Just give him some confidence in the offseason to say, like, Absolutely. I can compete with these guys in the Big Ten. Absolutely. And I think I'd like to I'd like to look up what he and I have a I have an article actually coming out at some point, probably towards the end of this season about this. Kind of shout examining out. shout out, yeah. Go check out yeah. his art for it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Hoosier Network, shout out guys. Um, but it's kind of, it's comparing. I looked at a lot of stats from, 
I think about six or seven other really highly rated recruits who reclassified to a year earlier. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I noticed in guys that in guys that stayed in college for more than one year, they made huge steps. And along with those big steps came usually a pretty big weight jump. I mean, these guys were putting on like 10, 15 pounds of muscle. And that's when they were kind of, and it may not be directly correlated, but it certainly plays a factor. You'd imagine it has to play a factor if they're able to build up their stature and their build and be able to hold their own, especially like for a guy like Christian in big 10 play. So, I mean, that's something that you got to remember. I know it's, you're kind of beating the dead horse here, but Last episode, I mentioned this a million times, but again, he should be a high school senior. Give him time. They don't rate these players this high for no reason. And he will need to put on a lot of weight. Or not a lot, but a good amount of weight in this offseason with the rest of yeah. our freshmen. Otherwise, you really can't have him on the floor. No. Because teams are just going to ISO, find the mismatch, and go right at him. So. Yeah, because then it becomes a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, even looking at his recruiting profile, his recruiting profile, he was listed at 165. And now he's listed at 185. So that's already mm-hmm. a 20 pound jump. So, I mean, it's just, I think our point of talking about that is it's just something to watch out for and to kind of look forward to. If <laughs> you're looking for something to look, to find the positives that's something you can look for but uh any other thoughts about the rector's game anything else we wanted to talk about um two things yeah i want to point out i got a question the first one's a question for you can, can we talk about leo and galloway yeah. out on the court <laughs> i think we need to talk about that yeah i mean galloway the thing the thing that confuses me is that Trey Galloway gets some minutes and he doesn't show the production. I feel like Anthony Leal doesn't get the minutes, but he shows the production at least a heck of a lot more than Trey Galloway does. What do you think about that? Yeah, the thing is, Galloway's strength, we saw this earlier in the year, when because I, I bashed him earlier in the year because he would get the ball either on the wing or in the corner, like pretty wide open. And not even look at the rim, and he'd start driving it to look to get other people involved, and that's probably his greatest yeah. asset is facilitating. Well, mm-hmm. I think we mentioned this in our second or first podcast. He's shooting like what nineteen percent from three. Trey Galloway. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Like yeah. he can't shoot the ball to save his life. <laughs> Sorry, no, seventeen point nine percent from three. Jeez, and we saw that even at the free throw line. Like a couple of those are bad misses. So. Yeah. When you want to penetrate and get people involved, well, people are playing him five or six feet off. He's not going to have those lanes to facilitate and drive the ball. So on offense, he's kind of a liability. Right now on defense, I don't think he competes as hard as Leal does, especially in the low post. I've seen a few games. Leal's really, like, he gives you that effort and energy on the defensive end, especially when he's battling bigs down low. And let's not forget, this team can use some three-point shooting and... Let's get Leo some more minutes. I mean, it can't Absolutely. hurt. Absolutely. 
it can't hurt that much right now. Trey Galloway is averaging double what Anthony Leal is averaging in minutes. And I also think something that's interesting is at least what you mentioned on the defensive end with Trey Galloway compared to Anthony Anthony Leal. I think Leal has a lot more lateral quickness than Trey Galloway does. Just in terms of being able to move side to side with these guys, mm-hmm. it just seems like Anthony Leal is able to stay in front of his guy a lot better. Yeah, and I know Galloway is a lot bigger, so he can guard some of those uh, bigger forwards. But I think our team needs to look at the offensive and more. Like, we can run Leal off many screens and create offense off his movement. Like, if he's yeah. running around screens and he gets hot early, all right, let's oh. put him as a decoy and try to get, um like, our minor L off in action with him. Let's put them both in a ball screen. And if Leal's hot, they may double him and leaves one of our guards for yeah. uh, to create some offense. I don't know why Archie doesn't give him a chance down the stretch. No, and it's not like he's making big mistakes either that no. warrant him to get... I mean, in the Iowa game, he played 15 minutes, went two for three from three-point land, and he had three steals, four rebounds, one assist, and only one turnover. Then he gets 15 minutes again. He only takes one shot and misses it. He was two for three from the free throw line, two rebounds, one assist, one steal, and no turnovers. So you don't see as many points. So, I mean, I guess you could warrant a bit less time, but then again, where else are you seeing points too? Yeah, that's also because probably in those 15 minutes that he got in, we're feeding Trace the ball probably 10 of those minutes. Yeah. But then you see his minutes drop against Ohio State. He only has six minutes, no shots, no rebounds, no assists, no blocks, no steals, no nothing. And then against Michigan State, he has two minutes. Where, where, what's the reasoning for that? I mean, if you're having no success against these teams, and he didn't play against Minnesota. The Minnesota game doesn't even show up on his stat line because he doesn't he didn't play. Yeah, I don't I mean he's not that much of a liability on defense from my no. He had three steals. I against mean, Iowa. I don't I'm clueless about that situation. I really don't know why he's not getting the tick. Because I think he deserves it, and I think he can really create some offense for us on the offensive end, especially especially when we need points, especially when our defense is struggling these last few games where we can't stay in front of people. I don't yeah. see the hurt in putting him in. And at the very least, I mean, Galloway is averaging 20 minutes again, and then Leal is averaging, I believe it was, what did I say, 12 minutes, 10 minutes? I think 10, yeah. He's averaging, he's averaging 12 minutes. Okay. So, I mean, that's not quite double, but it's almost double. Leal's averaging two points. Trey Galloway's averaging four points. So Trey is averaging, what, one more bucket than Leal is? But they're about just about equal in terms of rebounds and assists. So does that really warrant eight extra minutes for Galloway? No. And I think Leal has a lot more confidence. Yeah. The offensive end. I think we can really 
feed off that. I don't think Galloway really looks for a shot because <clears throat> excuse me, because he's only shooting 17% from three. Whereas Leo, yeah. probably our best three-point shooter on the team. I don't, I mean. Yeah. I feel I like we it. need to see more from him, but we're not getting the opportunity to see more from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of questionable decisions right now and things that certainly don't make sense to me, especially given the status of our team right now, because if we were winning, I'd shut up and let them do what they were doing, but they're not. And so you have to ask the questions that we're talking about here. What are, try something else. Cause what you're doing isn't working right now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Any other things from the Rutgers game? You said you had two things. Did we go over both of them? We did, yeah, there's a question about Leo yeah. and Galloway. And I just want to mention yeah. about, um, I think this is both a little bit of a player, but also mm-hmm. a lot of our coaching staff's fault. We, we talked about this before we got on. We don't really play to our strengths on the offensive end. No. no. We saw a few times in the game, we had Al, who was hot, and Trey, or Trace, who was hot, too. And we got him in a high pick and roll at the top of the key. And I think we saw three buckets, two dunks, and I think another lay-in, if I remember right, from Trace. Yeah. And we never saw it the rest of the way. And then Al's, Al's hot. He has 14 in the first half, finishes with 20. And he's gone. And it's not like in the second half. We're not running any screens for him coming up. Because in the corner, he's kind of deadly. That's where we saw most of those threes come from. Yeah, We're running no screens for him off the baseline there. There's no more pick and rolls with Trace. When Leo's in, we're not trying to feed him to get him some confidence. Uh, Rob's, I know no one wants to hear anything positive about Rob because he's not doing so great, but he, him and Lander are their best when they're attacking and going downhill. Yeah. And I feel like Archie's not putting them in the best spots to really play at their strengths, and I see that's why we're having some of those cold streaks at the offensive end. Yeah, I, de- I definitely think that's a great point. Is It doesn't seem like we're putting our players in good positions to win. And we're having, like, Jerome with his back to the basket on some plays, like, posting up. Like, that's not Jerome. No. That's that's not him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it could be, because sometimes it seems to work. But then it seemed like it happened a little too much last game, especially. Yeah, I just – I think Archie's got to put his players in a better position. Because you can't just rely on Trace Jackson Davis – to put up 30 for you game, and hopefully your defense is good enough, and you may get... Because these last couple games, we've only got... It was Trace and one other guy. Who's going to step up? Because the other yeah, guy... one other guy, and then, like, no more than five points from everyone else. Yeah. Which is just... It's just... That's not going to cut it for you. No. Oh, man. Again, speechless. But I think that's going to do it for the Rutgers recap. Unless you have anything else. No, but I got to do, uh, I do got to point something out about our last podcast. Um, yeah, go for it. If we rewind the tape, you said um, you, had a, you had a hot take. Do you remember what that hot take was? Yeah. Episode? Oh, 4 0, whatever. Max did say the Hoosiers would. Uh, and the season on us. You forced me into that. You forced me into that. Did I? Okay. Two things. <laughs> Option A, you forced me into it. Option B, you 
you and everyone else misheard me. I actually said zero and four, ah, which so far is playing out exactly as I planned. We might have to bring the tape back because I think you said four and zero. Yeah, I said I said four and zero, but that was stupid. I don't know why I said that. I'm gonna lie. I'm gonna go. I've been bad on my predictions too, so I can't. I can't say much, but I just wanted to bring that up because I was tr- I was trying to be optimistic. Sorry, <laughs> it sounded good at the time. It sounded really good. Oh, it sounded great. Saying your team is going to go undefeated in any podcast, any sport, anything is automatically like, what? That's awesome. Like, and I feel like no matter the no matter the status of who's saying it, either. Like, if I was listening to anyone talk about the Bears. And I heard them say, I think they're going to go undefeated. I'd be like, no way. You get all hyped. It doesn't matter who they are. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) So for anyone who listened last week and was like, Max said they were going to go 4-0, so I got all hyped, and then they lost. I'm sorry. That's kind of on their fault, though. Yeah, yeah, like, what? Like, look into who I am. Know that I haven't done this very long, so... I'll probably put up some bad predictions, but I'll work on it. My next prediction is we're losing tomorrow. Tomorrow being against Michigan. That's my next prediction. Is the is the Candy Strike podcast a curse to Indiana basketball? No. Because I don't know if we, we've had a win while doing this. Oh, are you kidding me? We haven't. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay, I mean, if we, if let's let's say this. If we lose against Michigan and Michigan State and Purdue and we lose our first game of the Big Ten tournament, we need to do something. Like, we need to either, like, cleanse the podcast or something like that, rebrand, or... Change the name completely? I don't know, know, man. Go off the grid. Drop out of school. (laughs) Something. Because that'd be bad. Oh, man. The sad thing is, like, I was worried about saying that because that's not, like, totally out of the question. (laughs) What, us losing our last three games? Yeah, I was worried about saying that because, like, and even losing our first game of the Big Ten tournament. Like, that's not the most outlandish. No, it's pretty reasonable. Which sucks. It really sucks. All right, let's preview the Michigan game. Let's get out of here. <laughs> no more sadness. Um, so, obviously, Michigan's a good team. They're number three in the country. Yeah. Their leading uh, scorer is Hunter Dickinson. He's a freshman. He's also their leading rebounder and leading shot blocker. What do you What do you think about that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you hit it on that. They're on fire. I mean, their last oh. four games, they went against number 21, Wisconsin. They beat Rutgers. They beat number four, Ohio State at the time. And then they had a 20-point win against, I think, number eight or number nine, Iowa at the time. So, yeah, they're, they have, they're rolling. They have one loss all year. Yeah, we are on opposite sides of the spectrum. Michigan State is on fire, and Indiana is ice cold. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Not a recipe for, not a recipe for success. No, 
Yeah, Michigan State's kind of, or Michigan's kind of stacked. I mean, they got Livers, Dickinson, and Wagner all averaging double figures, and they have three players uh, under that averaging eight points. So they're getting it from everyone, pretty much, which is the opposite side of Indiana, I guess. Exactly. Exactly. And unfortunately for us, where we lack and where we struggle is um, our front court uh, depth. We have Trace, we have Race, and after that, I don't, we don't really who's have a gonna, Yeah, who's going to body up? Been playing um, Jerome much, and Jerome's kind of undersized to be a pig. And that's where Michigan, that's where they dominate. They dominate down low. So, yeah. Could be a recipe for disaster. Yeah. This could not go well. And I think it also, once again, this may be where we're missing Joey Brunk. I think this will also be where next year Logan Duncombe could really help to bring in some um, front court depth. Mm -hmm. Because that, I totally agree. That is something we're lacking in each game. Like, we'll take Race out or we'll take Trace out. And then I'm like, wait, why are we so undersized? down low like get someone else down there to play defense and we don't have anyone else yeah i mean we we can't have trace and race i mean race coming off i don't know he had an incident in practice where he got hit in the face and he kind of yeah. he didn't look like himself we talked about that in the Rutgers game but we can't have trace and race playing all 40 38 minutes of the game yeah. because we saw in the michigan state game they just all right banked on trace all right, we'll let him get his, and then no one else is going to have full in the offense. So when it comes late, where IU is going to go cold, and that's what we did. So I, yeah, I would be interested if Michigan does the same thing. They have pretty good depth uh, in the front court, and they can kind of compete with our bigs. So they might just say, "All right, Trace, if you can beat us and put up forty, go ahead. If not, I don't see." And we haven't seen con- contributions from any of our guards consistently throughout the whole year. No, no. So, and Armand, I don't think he's will be available. We talked about we might see a Jerome Hunter sighting in the starting lineup. Are yeah. Um, I I wouldn't expect it. I wouldn't. I feel like, especially given what we saw earlier in the season, he may insert Galloway again, which goes against logic. I feel like. <laughs> I would rather see Jerome. I think this is a good chance for Archie to get on the right track in terms of what we just talked about, putting his team in the best position to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. I think, or at least Jerome passes the eye test in terms, in my opinion, in terms of when he's in there. And the numbers do speak for themselves. He's averaging six points this year, which is two more than... Galloway. And he's getting less minutes too. Is he is Rome our leading scorer off the bench at six? That's Probably. Yeah. I mean I'm trying to think about who comes off the bench and Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be an uphill battle. I mean he's shooting forty one percent from three on the season. And guess what? We we don't run any plays from to shoot the ball from three. No, we don't. We don't run many plays for anyone other than. Actually, a lot of time it's just Trace doing his own thing. 
Yeah, I, I will say we I do see this. I think every game with uh, Jerome, it's kind of funny. It's kind of like his pattern and move. He'll act like he's on a ball screen at the top of the key, and he'll kind of just slip it and veer to the wing. Yeah, yeah. So he that's where he does get some of his threes. But again, we we don't run any down screens for him to come and get some flow on the offensive end. So. And what we mentioned for in the Rutgers game for Al and Trace, we like they could have kept running that pick and roll game. We never saw it. We never saw it. Run that for Trace and Jerome or something. I mean, we got Run a dunk out for... of it, and we never see it again. I don't. I don't know why we don't do it until they can stop it, or if they overhelp, then we got someone probably open in the corner. And yeah, we never saw it. It just doesn't seem like the ball's moving very much. Seems like it actually, yeah. And it seems like what it does is it kind of moves around the three point line and then it gets to late in the shot clock where we dump it down to trace and then it's either he scores or he doesn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, any keys to the keys to the game for you against Michigan? I feel like it's more of the same, more of the obvious stuff. Um, Do we just chalk off the loss now or? I, I I really I'm gonna be a logical IU fan. I don't I don't know how we win this game. No, no. But you know, let's just throw a prediction out there. So when we talk again on Sunday or Monday, they'll be like, "Oh, Tyler called the Indiana game and he predicted them to win, and they did." Yeah. Let's get to the keys of the game for yes. IU. Yes, let's do it. Um, I mentioned this last game. We gotta compete for a full forty minutes. I don't. I don't know why we just compete for 12 minutes and say, all right, I'm cool with that. Let's let's lose. We had a good first half. I don't – no team's going to win playing 12 – just 12 minutes out of the game. We got to play You want to go coach him? Minutes. You want to go coach him? Someone needs to tell him that. Get, I gotta go, get in there. I got to go to assembly hall. Do I got to go, go run coach. there. And... Go coach. Put on a suit. Just be like, hi, I'm Archie Miller. And pretend. <laughs> They'd probably love it, honestly. <laughs> Um, uh, they'd welcome you with open arms. The fan base would. <laughs> yeah, fan, fan, fan base would be going crazy. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the, mainly the second half of the Rutgers game. I feel like we stopped competing. Yeah. That's when you saw Rutgers. I mean, they were just having fun. You saw Ron Harper sticking his yeah. tongue out for three, and you saw him getting in transition, dunking the ball. I mean, they were having a good time. We haven't had a good time, I feel like. And we don't. We don't, we, we haven't competed. On the defensive end, which has kept us in a lot of our games, especially against ranked opponents. Like, if you go back to our Iowa wins, our close losses against Illinois and Florida State, we competed in our, uh, on the defensive end, and that's what had us in the game. We just couldn't hit shots down the stretch, which is typical IU. Everything just looks so difficult for us. Yeah, very difficult. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. But no, no, no. Everything, you're not- everything looks so hard. You're 100% on that. We, we we don't get anything easy. So I guess going into key number two, um, I think the only way we win this game, or there's two, our base cannot get in foul trouble early at all. Trace and Race, we might see him play 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because Archie's not playing Geronimo. I mean, Jerome might be in the starting lineup. Who knows? Yeah. Our bigs we may have to see Geronimo. Hmm? We may have to see Geronimo. I'd like to see it. He brings some energy to the team that we haven't seen in the past couple of games. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, they cannot get in foul trouble, and we got to be scorching hot from three. Yeah. Now that's going to be a little bit more difficult because Armand is out, and Lille doesn't play for some reason. So we just have Rob and Lander chucking up shots. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Lille's going to have to get in increased minutes in this game. Yeah, big time. And it's a must-win game, so... I don't know how we don't have a little motivation and chip on our shoulder. It feels like we never do. But it's a must-win must win game. Let's let's be real. It's a must-win game at this point. You think if we lose this, we're done? I don't think we're done. But we got Purdue and Michigan State. Michigan State, they're rolling right now. We gave them a link. And yeah. I don't... I think... I don't know about that game. And then we go to Purdue, and Trayvon Williams has been, been playing great. I don't know. It's It's going to be tough. I feel like if we drop this one, needless to say, this winning this game would make our road to the tournament a lot easier. Losing this game kind of keeps it where it is. Very difficult. <laughs> do, you, do you think we're in the tournament right now, or do you think we're on the outside looking in? I think we're on the outside looking in. Yeah. How can you, how can you put a, a 12 and 11 team that is ninth in their conference. Yeah, you can. Hasn't been able to get any momentum going, any sustained momentum throughout the year. I will say, the one hope for IU fans is we compete with the best. Yeah, we, yes. we play our best games against the best teams. You look at the our two Iowa wins, except take out the Texas loss and the Ohio State loss. Yeah, for, for this reason. But we play Florida State to the last second. We lose an OT. Our games against Illinois, one of them I think was an OT, and the other one, IU got hot down the stretch. And even Wisconsin, we won an OT, should have won that game. So if anything, IU fans look forward to at 12 o'clock tomorrow. We play our best basketball against the best teams in the nation. So I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe I'm speaking crazy, but... And it seems like we're always knocking on the door, and we just can't quite knock it open. We've been knocking for a while. Yeah. No no Seriously. one wants to be uh, dirty and get physical and knock down that door. We just, we're just yep. working to stay outside. I feel like that's a theme of Archie's career at IU, is always knocking on the door, but it never quite opens. Yep. Which is probably the most enraging position to be for a fan. You know it's bad at this point? We're kind of numb to it. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there during the Rutgers game in the second half while we're down 20. I don't know how we only lost by 11. But it was a 20-point loss. I'm sit- sitting there on the couch in the second half. And I wasn't very surprised. I was just sitting there like, okay, this yeah. is kind of what we do. All right. I don't find myself surprised. I will say, however, if you – I know you don't have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you created a Twitter and looked on Twitter – they're not numb to it. I promise you on Twitter, they're not numb. <laughs> what are what are the tweets? Fire Archie. Uh, Brad like, Stevens. Come on in. Brad Stevens. <laughs> uh, Fire Archie. I hate this. I hate this. Brad Stevens, come back. <laughs> like, come home to Indiana. A lot of that. <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine that. Um, Various names that I've never heard of come coach the Indiana Hoosiers. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I think those are all good keys to the game. I'll say, I mean, you could just copy all the keys from last time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 
from after the Michigan State game, but you got to get some sort of balanced scoring from other people. We saw once again, and we talked about this, it was Trace and Al, and then the next highest scorer was Geronimo with eight points. I'm telling you. We got to. <laughs> I mean, give some. Like, honestly, another key is give other people the opportunity. Yeah. Because what you've been doing has not been working. And I think he's going to be forced a little bit to give other people the opportunity if Armand's out, which I think he is, right? I haven't got a update or checked if he's in or out, but I'm guessing they don't want to play around with that ankle. Yeah. Especially if we have a chance at the Big Ten tournament and March. Uh I think we'll just let him rest. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's something to, something to watch out for, but someone else, someone else, again, we said this last time, someone else has got to step up and not just one person. (laughs) I want to clarify that because last time we said that, and then one person stepped up and the other people stepped back. Everyone's got to step up. I think we might see a Lander show in the season. If I had gone on a bull take there. Woo! We could see Lander become, you know, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I think that would be a welcome sight. I think I think we're going to get, let's, all right, bold prediction, two threes from Leal. Okay. I feel like Is that enough bold. to get the win, though? No. <laughs> six <laughs> points. <laughs> it's good, though. Do you think, you think we're winning tomorrow? No. No. Are, are we losing big? Are we are we going to make it close at all or just not compete? I mean, given how given how we played the past two games against teams that are not at the level Michigan State Michigan is at, mm-hmm. I could see us keeping it within like 8 points going into half and then then blowing it out of the water. Given how we've given how we've played these past two games. If we fix something, I could see us playing it close down the down the line down the stretch and then them pulling it out i mean i don't see someone other than someone not named trace jackson davis is gonna have to have a monster game as well as him if we're gonna win Mm -hmm. i mean it just seems so unlikely you know yeah i mean there's two routes you can go with this game the obvious one michigan state probably going to blow us out by 30 because that's just the way michigan michigan and huh michigan did i say michigan state yeah i said that too though so it's okay michigan (laughs) or the other route you can go is iu competes like they have in previous big games against um top 25 opponents and we might pull to win so i'm gonna go with the second route so either like on, when we do our podcast on Sunday or Monday, either was right <laughs> and I'm a genius or I looked like a fool. So I'm going to say IU wins in overtime. There you go. Okay. I like it. I like it. Big we takes get a, here on the Candy Stripe podcast. This is why. We get a big win against Michigan and OT. Sounds great on ESPN. Archie looks saved. And then we probably blow it down the stretch somehow. Oh. I mean, it's just a typical IU way. They raise their hopes up, and then it just disappears. Oh. That would be so Indiana. 
we beat Michigan, lose to Michigan State, lose to Purdue, and then lose to like Nebraska in the Big Ten tournament. I'm just saying it'd be a typical IU, so I'm gonna go that route. Hot take. IU versus Michigan. We get the one in OT. I like it. Uh I'll be the one to go safe this week. And I'll say we lose. Yeah. I'll say we lose by eight. It's a good bet. So I mean, honestly though, if we lose by eight, we might be coming back with some more things more positives than we did let first time. Eight point <laughs> loss against Michigan isn't there. So, but I don't know. Why don't you repeat yourself? Because I think that's a good place to end. Repeat yourself with your take, and we'll end on that. End positive note. Let's do it. All right, IU fans, listen up. Here we go. Yep. Yep. Indiana. Are we at Michigan? Yeah, I think so. Going into Ann Arbor. OT win. Book it down. Go to Vegas. Place your bets. If you're old enough. If you're, of course. Wait, wanna... no. We're playing at home. Oh, we're playing at home? Even better. Ooh. Even better. At home. Game's going to be close. Edge of the seat game. Holding your breath. IU pulls out the one OT. Mark it down. Put in the books. Take it to Vegas. Let's go. It's we're in. Winning. Here we go. That's a great place to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Hopefully the Hoosiers can put up a nice full 40-minute game tomorrow. This has been the Candy Stripe Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Peace.